Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week for our 50th episode. Wow. Can you believe that we made it? 50 bad rom-coms and our list is still long. As long as the road to the seventh layer of Dante's Inferno. It is long. Yeah. When I look... And winding, like, like full when of we, demons. When I look at the document of films that we haven't covered yet, and then when I look at our mentions, like our bedroom, like our, our Twitter account mentions where people are um, like picking stuff and whatever, it's just, there's just so many, like it's never going to end. Oh yeah, no, it's, this is, <laughs> this is <laughs> we we will end before the bad rom comes on. Ends. We, yeah, we're, we will die, we'll be on our <laughs> deathbeds talking about all about Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our last hurrah. <laughs> What a net to end on. Um, But this week, uh, to celebrate, we have finally decided to do a Nancy Myers movie. We're doing What Women Want from 2000. Ladies. Starring Helen Hunt and Mel Gibson. Truly... One of the times he really got to play himself, you know? It's great I, to see actors just just be themselves. I I mean, we knew we knew at some point we were gonna get to because we've covered films with actors who are just like not great people, but I think this is the first time that we've got like a heavy hitter, like a, a known scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> not just like kind of a passive white dude, but like a really active white dude. <laughs> Like Mel Gibson needs no introduction. He um, doesn't. I think his reputation precedes him. I yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> and yeah, he yeah, M- Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Last scene. <laughs> he's perfectly cast. I mean, perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Which while I was watching this, it reminded me. My sisters have been trying to get me to buy them a DVD of Daddy's Home Two. For months, and they don't understand why I won't buy it for them because it's hard to explain. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of context for you to explain that. I can't explain, and it's it's like, are you ready for that? And I also don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to tell three little black girls that like a man that they think is funny and charming like doesn't like black people. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like it's like I, you're like the world is already horrible, right? and you'll find out these things right. soon enough. Yeah, like, they have the internet; they'll find out, and they can they can be hurt in their own time organically. I can't just like sit down. That's the thing about having you know being black and having three young black sisters who don't really know everyone who everyone is shitty yet yeah it's like i don't want to just like sit them down and be like well this person is a piece of shit and this person is a piece of shit and this person is like i want them to be happy yeah you want them to watch (laughs) movies and like enjoy them and have like a fun night yeah i don't want them to just be like oh no but this person said this about like i don't know gay people and oh no now now i can't enjoy this movie or this person said this thing about the blacks and jody what are the blacks people actually call us that and i was just oh no 
Yeah, because it really is like that that crushing weight of how horrible everyone is will hit them eventually or as it hits anyone with with a critical eye. But especially if you're in a group that people don't like. Yeah. So if you're a woman and you're black, then you're. Like, I I think that, like, they're still at the age where they just think that, like, racism is, like, mean. It's just, like, people are mean. (laughs) It's just, like, more. Yeah, just let them have that for now. That's so sweet. Protect the babies. Yes, I'd love to protect the babies. Um, So this movie, which, you know, we're with Mel Gibson, so much of it. And I'll own up to the fact that in 2000, I thought that Mel Gibson was hot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was a child, but I but I knew. And I think a lot of the world thought he was hot, and that right. was definitely a part of the casting choice. Was like, oh well, we'll pick a very obviously handsome, a strapping lad to play this douche nugget that just kind of yeah. You know, and, and I mean, he played his dick on the table. He played John Smith in Pocahontas, and Pocahontas for was like very important to me. <laughs> yeah, and John Smith being hot was very important to me once again i was like a blonde number one it was a blonde man that had that voice coming out of it which now that i'm old enough i know is pure fiction like it's more fiction than the fake backstory that they gave pocahontas have you ever met a man that blonde who sounded like that no (laughs) it doesn't make sense it was false advertising i thought that blonde men had that, that like, voice did, did yes. you have a thing for blonde men for a while and yes i did you realized the voice was a fiction and you had to find yes you were like, well I'm right sorry. i had to realize that like actually men with brown and black hair i never um i didn't i did have a few crushes on blonde boys but i didn't i largely didn't like blonde men because they looked too much like my brother or like <laughs> or like <laughs> some of my cousins I was oh, just no. Like, oh no oh <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother oh my god yeah so at this time at the time of this movie mel gibson was 44 and like he was i mean i hate i hate say look look i hate this he was looking good for 40 he was looking good okay he just was i'm sorry <laughs> yeah he was i, I just mean, like i we just learned anything it's that like uh, an actor or actress being hot has nothing to do with the content of their character, but that nothing. doesn't mean that they're not visually easy on the eyes. Yeah. I mean, I it, mean, rewatching it of course changed it because you know, once you know someone sucks, right, it, does exactly. your, your, uh, it made me like forcibly turn from the scenes where he was supposed to be hot. Like when he's like dancing to Sinatra and that scene that's, that I think is actually in the trailer where like Helen Hunt is like, Oh no! I just looked at his dick. Like, oh yeah, that scene. I just looked like, at oh, his no, dick again. again, and then he's like, laughing. yeah, yeah. That scene, like, I remember thinking that's one of the hottest scenes I've ever seen in a rom com when I was younger. I was like, this, and it still there was, kind of is. That's the problem. That is the problem because that's the problem. So much of what what women want is is a terrible premise, and it's kind of horrendous when you think about it too hard. But it's it's kind of hot in a lot of ways, and it's sucks it fucking sucks when he puts on the pantyhose i i i was i was was into it i was into it yeah i just i i mean it's just it just sucks and you know you have to understand you know how how hard it is to be a black person you know we contain multitudes like it's very hard like i understand 
that he does not like our people and I don't like him either. But like <laughs> this but 2000 version of him. If you could erase who he is from right. his body, you might be interested. Right. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. It, it's rough. He sucks. He sucks. And it's also weird, too, because I was thinking about his anti-Semitism because because Sarah Paulson's character has a, has a boyfriend in Israel that randomly pops up. I know. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, wow, I did not remember that detail. Yeah, he is just wow. Him sucking just really ruins this movie in a lot of ways. Also, it really does because it's like it's it's a movie. There's many aspects of it where I'm just like, wow, this is happening. You know, where it, that uh, of the plot itself that's bad, but it has such a good cast, and it really commits. So it's fun in certain ways. And like, oh my god, in Helen Hunt, like she looks amazing. Helen Hunt's like 37 at this time, and I was just like, she. She looks amazing, not just for thirty-seven. She just looks fucking great. Like Helen Hunt is so. AJ fuckable and I were talking movie. about how, like, like how much we loved all of her outfits, and also how, like, her makeup is, it's like perfect. It's like minimal, oh, but yeah. like also she just had like these great like lip gloss sheen or like yes, just, I don't know it, yes, it was the all, way that she rocks lip gloss she made me want to wear lip gloss yeah, she looks so good and it just so brought good. out her natural beauty but like really? but it was yeah anyway she was just like such a babe and she killed it um if if it was a different leading woman this movie could have been way worse yeah yeah she and this is this is academy award winning Helen Hunt, by the way, don't you ever fucking forget it because I feel like Hollywood has. Oh, yeah. Do she, not she, forget. She's incredible. She's an incredible actress. I love Helen Hunt. Like Helen Hunt is like one of those white women that I have always been obsessed with. I loved she just always felt like, well, number one, I always got a little bit of gay energy from her that I always. Liked. Oh, yeah. I feel like she's got a fluidity there. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Um, yes. Um and, and she's I, just yeah she yeah. she she has a very there's an earthiness about her uh, yeah you know like uh she feels very comfortable I love her, in her voice skin and like and I think that that plays into her acting abilities it's just this ability to like be grounded and all right I'm gonna be this character now you know or or I'm gonna channel this emotion and it just it doesn't feel like acting because it feels like she can just access that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. And I guess Academy Award winning Mel Gibson also won I mean, Sexiest you know. Man Alive. Sometime. I mean, like, Why is it makes more sense than Blake Shelton. Yeah, it, no, I mean, everything makes more sense than Blake Shelton. Yeah, that was truly... Like, I feel like, I feel like that was truly a... That was truly a Trump's America moment. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like People Magazine made a very, um... What's a what's a cynical choice? Like they were specifically trying to pander to that de demographic with that choice, and I just think that like y if you're gonna pander to racists, you could pander better. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, there, I was like, there, it's not like there aren't hot white guys. There like, are it, hotter like, white guys. Get there it. are hotter country I was artists. Uh, he, he's not hot. I'm sorry. I'm so, so I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm like he's already sorry. dating I'm Gwen sorry. Stefani. He has enough. Like you know, he really he's, he he's, really has won enough. Like he doesn't really need any more. Like honestly, he makes me appreciate Josh DeHamel. Honestly, wow, yeah, Josh yeah. DeHamel definitely could. 
Um, but yeah, this is like a this is like an all star cast. You've got um we've got Alan Alda, we've got Lauren Holly, which Lauren Holly I feel like is always playing like this like shrewd preppy woman who's like beautiful but cold. Like I'm just like, can Lauren Holly live? Like I was just like, oh here you are again playing this one character that you get to play in these movies. Oh, I fucking hate it. But anyway, Lauren Holly's great. No, that that yeah. I agree. Um, I agree with and, that. And um, we've got Mark Firestein, who starred in Royal Pains. I bet you didn't know his name. I bet you don't know the plot of Royal Pains. I watched several seasons, and I and I couldn't tell you the plot of Royal Pains. Um, Delta Burke from Designing Women. Ooh. Yes. And her skin was looking like, like milk in this movie. I was like, not enough Delta Burke skin. Actually, every woman was looking really beautiful. Every, yeah, everybody was looking really beautiful and in a very, like, them way. Very specific based on their personality. Whoever did the costume design, actually, I should pull that up. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah, it did great work. Um, like Sarah Paulson is here on a gayster gostayer. I've never been able to figure out how to say that. Lisa Edelston from Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce is here. Um, a funny thing about Lisa Edelston. Have you ever read that um article about how Lisa Edelston was almost Carrie Bradshaw? No. Yeah. Um, she like I don't know if you remember who her character was. Let me refresh her. She works at the ad agency too. Yeah, 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 she was almost Carrie Bradshaw. That's, I don't really see that. I mean, I, I guess I don't see that because because um, because Carrie because, Bradshaw is such Carrie an Brad, iconic character. Exactly. Now. Yeah, that's interesting. I yeah, mean, I, I think of her in the L word. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Loretta Devine here, um, playing a character that I'm very angry about. Um. <laughs> And Bette Midler here, uncredited, which is weird. I mean, she gets a whole scene and she's uncredited. And like other people here too, Judy Greer is here playing a really thankless character. Um, Marissa Tomei is here that playing another thankless character. Like such a waste so of so many, many great thankless. women in this. Yeah, it's like everyone, everyone is beautiful. I actually really like, wanted to know who played... Um, his house um mel gibson's housekeeper because i loved her oh, she was great she she was fucking great um, diana maria riva okay she's she's great i loved her yeah she was fabulous everyone everyone was beautiful everyone's skin looked amazing everyone was just like so well like i wanted to know everyone's skincare routine yeah everybody um, was glowing <laughs> and none of them looked like they had like a, sh- a sheet of foundation oh yeah yeah Oh, yeah. Um, and so I guess let's get to, I mean, this is directed by Nancy Myers. Everyone knows Nancy Myers. She's going to pop up again on this podcast, I am sure. And I love her. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be out of love. She did The Parent Trap, and I will always love her for that. The Parent Trap is a classic. It is a classic. And, and Nancy Myers is great. I feel like she's really underrated. And Nancy Myers, though she directed this, did not write it. There are several credits here. We've got three story credits. Um, in we've got three story credits, screenwriting credits, and who are all these people? Yeah, whoa. I know this 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 uh <laughs> this this was this was made by committee. Um Yeah, this was um this was like an ensemble just for the crew. Yeah, oh my god, did they try to do another did they try to do another what women 
wait, is there like a, oh, oh, is there like a Korean version of what women want? That's what this looks like. Oh my God. Anyway, um, okay. Wow. There's just so much going on. Oh, wow. On. There is. Yeah. Um, so we've or got, it's a Chinese. Uh, oh, Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Remake. So wow. yeah, so we've got so we've got Diane Drake who also wrote on Only You, which I'm sure we're going to do at some point, which is Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. Um, we've got Kathy Yuspa who also has a right who has also has a writing credit on 13 going on 30 and was a producer on the king of queens until death which is a show that i actually kind of liked um the goldbergs like wow there's just and there's josh goldsmith also a person from the king of queens and 13 going on 30 and till death so these are people who like to write together and it it, it makes sense because like this it, movie it does feel is, very I mean, sitcom. It, it was a it was a successful movie. Yeah, it was. Um and these writers are very and these writers are very capable. So I think it's just the premise was bad. Yeah, like it's it's completed. It's um I would say it's well produced. I would yeah. say everyone commits. It's just like the the plot itself The plot itself off. is bad. Yeah. 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 Um and this movie was an enormous hit. It made $374.1 million at the box office. God damn. Like, we are... <laughs> I I can't believe... Like, 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 one might go so far as to say this movie was what women want. Apparently, women in 2000, which was just to make you feel old, because it makes us all feel old, 18 years ago. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's, it's, that I, means that people born in 2000 are just, there are people that were born in 2000 that have, that are graduating high school or this movie, if it was a person would be going off to college. Oh my God. Like this movie. Wow. Yeah. This movie would probably have a really fire Instagram. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Like, it's, and <laughs> I mean, it makes like, it makes sense that a lot of people showed up for this movie because it does have. I mean, it has Academy Award winners yeah. um, in the lead. It yeah. has other incredible actors just in the movie with them. Uh, like you said, it was written by people who've written together before and are capable. It had a, it had a big budget. Um, and while, while the premise annoys me, it's a very, it's got a, it's got a hook, you know, it's not just, oh, boy meets girl. It's like, oh, here, we've got this whole twist. It's this whole fucking thing. Like it's, and it's like, I don't hate it as much as God. What was, I almost scrubbed the last movie from my, or my memory. The, my, my best, best friend's, friend's wedding. Yeah. yeah it's not. Um, That's it, the funny thing is the, the premise of my best friend's wedding is less, I mean, it's very absurd and ridiculous, but right. it, it, it doesn't, on paper, it doesn't seem as wild as this. Cause this involves actual magic <laughs> slash electrocution <laughs> magic, whatever you want to call it. But, but this feels somehow more believable um, even in its absurdity or not even more believable, but like I'm more willing to suspend my disbelief for this because it's like absurd and like fun. Um, 
even though it makes me mad at points. Whereas my best friend's wedding was like, oh, suspend your disbelief so that you can just watch these horrible people just continue forever and not learn anything. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. So this movie begins with like an introduction where everybody's talking about Nick. Well, it's like Lauren Holly is talking about Nick. Um, and I mean, it all really just owns up to like, it's like Lauren Holly's talking about him. Sarah Paulson's talking about him. A bunch of other people are talking about him. They're just, and it, I feel it all just leads up to like, Nick is a piece of shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, the first scene like that we see him, there's a woman taking care of his house and she's super funny. She like gives him shit. She's, she's like cleaning up underwear off the ground, you know, from a woman that he slept with. And he, he like slaps her butt at one point. I was so she, mad. She How was, are you slapping your housekeeper on the ass? The ass. And this is like our opening scene. Like this is like, I mean, it's not the first scene, but it's our opening scene of him. And uh, she, she had made a joke. She's like, when are you going to start dating women who wear underwear that covers the whole butt? And then he's like, uh, I don't know, but when I do, I'll hit you up. And then he slaps her butt, and then she kind of laughs, but she's also like in like in a fuck you way. Um, and I I did believe her character because her character gave him shit, but was also like, I need a job. Um, yeah, but that made me more angry on her behalf because I was, I just was like, so mad. I was I was just like, I can't believe he did that. I couldn't get over it. I was thinking about it the entire time. I was just like, you really put your dirty hands on this woman's behind how dare you and like in a way and the way he did it too like i mean there's no way that he would do it would be fine but it it felt like a triple like assault because he like did that while he was basically saying i don't want you but i'll hit you up if i do but i'm still gonna assert my power oh my god it's so disgusting and uh so we learn about his upbringing. His his young self is played by Logan Lerman, <laughs> which I mean, of course, his name is that. And no offense if you're listening, Logan. I know it's, you can't pick your name. And I was just like, oh my god, young Logan Lerman. Like this is this was one of your beginning roles. Like what is he even? Oh yeah, he was Percy Jackson. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, Percy Jackson. That's the that's the road you you. Yeah, it's like it's these flashbacks of him as a kid, and his mom is an exotic dancer. Yes, his mo- his mother is a Vegas showgirl, and, and it's just like, and basically, it's like, oh, like he didn't like his dad wasn't around, and she had all these boyfriends that and, like worked there, and like he was like the favorite of all the dancers, so he was always surrounded by beautiful women who loved him, but like. Also, like, he saw men, like, mistreat his women. But it wasn't, like, treated in, like, a... Mistreat his mother. But it wasn't, like, in a, like, oh, no. It was, like, a funny, like... Oh, yeah, there's a guy. There's, like... There's, like, a guy who, like, talks about his mother's boobs. And, like, and then he's, like, laughing. And we're all supposed to be, like, There's a guy that, like, gives his mom, like, a smack on the ass. He's got, like, a cigar in his mouth. (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, go make me money. And, And then he, like, gives... He, like, gives young Mel Gibson slash logan uh high five and that's like it's basically just like the voiceover is like you know obviously like he he couldn't he, have turned out okay have, after that yeah. which i disagree with this idea that like 
if your mother is a a weird blame on her yeah it seems like it's all her fault like it's his mother killed it for any woman that he'd ever meet and there was only one man that she cared about man with the family jewels and like all the the stuff that they make lauren holly say is just fucking bullshit but um but yeah exactly (laughs) it's like if it's it, like, oh, how dare his mother not be born middle class or rich? It's you so know? weird or, to me, just this idea. Because she's shown being loving. It's not like she's, like, neglecting him. It's just, like, she's a showgirl. It, yeah, I, I think it's a very strange idea that anyone who, like, does any kind of, like, work that's sexual or any kind of sex work, if their kid is around that, their kid is immediately like automatically gonna end up fucked up i don't actually believe that that's true um (laughs) like um it was actually when i was watching it i was thinking about strip tease and i was thinking about um god i can't remember who was the body the bodyguard in strip tease i feel like i'd be wrong I I loved striptease growing up like i know that striptease is supposed to be a bad movie but i yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, what what gets me about? I mean, first oh, of all, Ving the premise Rames. is like <laughs> blaming his misogyny on the fact that yeah. his mother was a showgirl. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. though I I actually thought like if anything, he was around women who do sex work, and they were like his aunt figures. So if anything, I kind of felt like he might understand at least like certain certain experiences women have more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, what I was thinking of. Like the Ving Rhames character in Striptease, which I could be totally wrong about this. Like he just seemed to like respect women because he was like he was taking care of strippers. He was taking care of them. He knew what their struggles were. And it's like if you're around strippers or like any kind of like you know exotic dancers, like wouldn't that mean that you're more sympathetic? Yeah, to like their plight? oh, that was like my auntie. Like 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 yeah. don't treat women like they're disposable, and like don't treat sex workers like they're disposable specifically but instead it was like oh well you know his mother like there is this implied this is at least how i heard it there was this implication that like well you know his mother was promiscuous which again being promiscuous and uh being an exotic dancer are not the same thing yeah um and neither should matter but uh it was like because she was like this of course he he doesn't respect women because they're she didn't see a respectable woman. That was what I, that yeah. was essentially what I like, yeah, got from Yeah, it. it's like because her, because his mother wasn't respectable. And it's like, that's not true. And he just like, like that's a class, that's some classes bullshit. Like it, that, that's what it is. Yeah. And he is so terrible. He goes to this coffee shop every day and Marissa Tomei works there and she's an actress. She's an actress slash barista, which I understand. I um, was like, oh my God. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, And he, she's, says i do not want to go out with you and he's and then he says okay if you don't want me to ask you out anymore just say stop and then she said okay stop and then he immediately touches her hand and like weasels his way into a date anyway and then there's like a nerdy guy behind him and the nerd's just like that was inspiring yeah it's gross it's like it's like he's like a pickup artist um like showing one of his disciples the way yeah, it's so weird. Like, uh, and Marissa Tomei is obviously like, I mean, we find out more later, but she's obviously like kind of 
you know, she's attracted to him, but she knows he's not good for her because she's like, hey, I'm not your type. And I know this like. Yeah. And I oh, my God, she's always playing. I feel like everybody's like playing like their specific type in this movie. And it yeah, just like drives the me type nuts. That they get cast as a lot. Yeah. And I'm just like, like uh, always. I mean, she's just, she's just so flighty and beautiful and she's just like bubbly and she talks too much. And it's just like, uh, yeah, hasn't she been this before? Yeah. And like just because and it's this feeling as if because she's good at that, she's not allowed to to show other characters she can be. And like she's already won an Oscar at this point. This is Oscar. She she is Academy Award winner Marissa Tomei at the time of this movie. And she's playing <laughs> a nervous barista. <laughs> Who's like getting wet for Mel Gibson while he's not respecting her boundaries. Yeah. And then he like does the whole like walk and talk through his office. At one point he like stops a chubby woman from eating a donut or something. Yeah, he's like walking by her and she has a croissant and he's like, I wouldn't advise that. And I was just like, Fuck you. Maybe she's hungry, you piece of shit. Seriously. And then later in the movie, we see her eating a rice cake. And I just want to like jump into the screen and be like, no, go get your croissant. Yeah, seriously, fuck that guy. Like, you're at work. You have to like get, you got to get some fuel. Yes. Like, uh, and everybody's just like doting on him. Um, Delta Burke and God the blonde woman i know that this blonde woman is more than just the blonde woman so i feel bad i know delta burke because i watch designing women oh valerie perrin oh yeah they're, they're like the like women who are like slightly older than him that like seem to just like totally nut for him and like they're the only women because like a lot of women are fawning over him but you can also tell that they're frustrated with him they're the only women whose they're thoughts the i don't think that he can't read i think he never can read their thoughts because I, is Actually, the implication that they're not smart aj and i were talking about how we felt like there was like a read of older women um like of an older generation of women in this movie because like yeah there's several times where it's like older women well it's specifically them but like they just put up with his bullshit Whereas the younger women are mad. Yeah. It's just yeah. interesting to me. Like in the workplace, like they're so used to, I, I created this whole theory about them where I was like, oh, they're so used to dealing with like incredible amounts of misogyny in the workplace because they are a generation older. So they've dealt with even more. Um, and so they like, it doesn't even phase them. I would like to like imagine that they have somehow created like thought shields like yeah yeah no i like that better <laughs> where better than just being so oppressed that they just like don't know but no i think that what you're saying is probably right but yeah i think that it's interesting that they're not it's it's interesting it's almost like this movie isn't really interested in older women except bet midler <laughs> yeah and it's like well yeah duh but and like, is it, and is it, it's bet, right? I also it's not, felt like i was like, Betty like or this, bet? this whole movie just is like one big mommy issue yes like yeah. But once again, is it Betty or Bet? It's Bet. It's Bet. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I've been I know, calling sometimes her. Sometimes there's a name where you just, you actually just write and read it all the time. And then you're like, wow, uh, do I know this name? Like, how do I say it? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in terms of like mommy issues. Yeah. This entire movie. It is. It's a stroll through mommy issue land. Yes, it is. And it's not clear. I mean, does he ever really even deal with them? No, of course not. It's like it's like the mother is used as the scapegoat for why he is the way he is at the beginning of the movie. She comes up like once again 
when he mentions like, oh, actually, it's it's still at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to his housekeeper and he's like, my mother wore like she like picks up like la- a lacy thong and she's like, who wears these? And he's like, my mother did. Um, but then, yeah, his mother never comes up again. It's just like. It's like, oh, now that we blamed her, yeah, now we don't know. Like, go we don't on know. his journey because of magic. Yeah, we like, don't know if she's like dead or like how's she doing. Like, there's no scene where it's like, oh, how's grandma? Right. I would love. Oh my god. Oh my god. What if grandma was like, oh god, who would be? Who would have been old enough at the time? Would Helen Mirren have been old enough? Grandma is Helen Mirren. <laughs> oh, I don't. Not to be his grandma. Yeah, no, no, his mother. Oh, his mother. Like, oh. like a scene where like, like his his daughter is oh, like is right, like right, right. is like hanging like out with his mother. His... Oh yeah, no, I think Helen Mirren totally could. Yeah, especially since she had him young. Yeah, so yeah. it would be like, oh my god, like wouldn't it be great? Just like Ashley Johnson would be like, oh yeah, there's grandma, and it's just like Helen Mirren looking amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, like, she's like wearing fishnets. Oh yes, and like a bustier. Oh, I'd be so here for that. Oh yeah, uh, just okay. We're just writing Helen Mirren into this movie, Helen. <laughs> We're like, hey, there's a lot of amazing women, but we need to add another. More, honestly, more women. Like, how dare this be called What Women Want and they're not being more like, It's women. like a baseball game where you just hear part of the song and then you <laughs> want the rest of it. That's how I feel about the women that are in this movie. Um. So, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> so, so, Alan Alda comes in and he's just like women are dominating the market and men don't spend uh don't dominate all of the dollars that are spent in the households anymore and how do we sell to women we're losing money it's a women's world out there the well so the board made me get a woman and you gotta let this woman because he thinks that he's gonna get this promotion and like delta burke and yeah he uh, wants to be creative director but and, then and then and yeah they've got like <laughs> And then he goes up there and it's like, no, I actually hired a woman because the board is breathing down my neck and they just want more genders. The the demographic (laughs) of 18 to 24, like women between the ages of 18 and 24, like spend, you know, these women who were born in the 80s. It just they spend so much money and we got to. And so then he's like, he mentions Helen Hunt. And of course, her character is known as being, you know, a bitch a on bitch wheels because uh, she's good at business. Um, How dare she? And so Mel Gibson. So Alan Alda's like, oh, have you heard of her? Uh, Darcy McGuire. And Mel Gibson's like, yeah, I've heard of her. Oh, my and God. Darcy McGuire. I love that name. I, I really do. It's, <laughs> like, so, it's, on so, point. it's so on point. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, she shows up and I am immediately in love with her like she shows up and she's just like i am prepared she's got a speech and then she's just got like here here's a pink box and there are all these pink boxes and here are all of the products that are looking for a new home for ad space and we could and we need to come up with campaigns for these products and she's so re- like she's i almost so competent like i almost came like she was like so- yeah she's just like oh so all right so <laughs> We're trying to market to women. So here's all these products. You guys have a day to make a pitch for one product and how you would market it to women. And it's like, yeah, she's really good at her job. She's and so... I was just like, can we just end the movie now? She's good at her job. She's that's great. That's it. And he you can tell that she, she cares. And yes. like for him, <laughs> it's all about status. But for her, it's like actually about the process of, of creating these pitches. Um, and so, of course... 
like he's grumpy. He's just like shitty during her pitch, and he's just like, "What a bitch!" And he's just like talking to Royal Pains about it and shit. And I'm just like, "You're upset that she's better at this than you are." That's it. Like, like that's that's it. Like that's all she wrote. Like if anything, he should just be relieved that she's better and not. Because it would be way more offensive if she was worse and she still had that job. Yeah. But he takes a box of, I mean, they're not even all female-centric products. Like, some of them are, like, aspirin. But a lot of them are very gendered, like, lipstick, pantyhose, et cetera. And they're supposed to market it towards women. He brings that stuff home and he gets drunk and he's, like, got music on and he's, like, okay, I got to figure out, like, how do women think? Like, I've never listened to one. Oh, my God. He, like, turns on, I'm a, he turns on bitch. Yeah. Like, I'm a bitch. He which goes like, his good. daughter's stuff and then, like, of course, He Meredith almost Brooks turns on there. Fiona Apple and then doesn't. Yeah. It, it was, like, <laughs> I felt very seen in that moment. I was, like, oh, I thought he was going to put on Alanis eventually also. But he puts on Meredith Brooks, bitch, and then he's, like, kind of dancing and then he decides to put on the pantyhose uh i don't think he put it on the lipstick but he has like a bra on like he's fully going in uh and full disclosure i like thought it was kind of hot and i hated myself for that oh yeah no i hated it i hated myself um but i was just like oh wow this is weirdly my thing right now and um i was like i suddenly want a tumbler that's just men wearing pantyhose and pores i've always been into that yeah yeah and so um he yeah so he's doing this um and then uh, (laughs) and then like his his um it's after his daughter comes in right his 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 daughter does catch him she shows up with um eric Balfour, which is like a guy who's like been playing scumbags forever, and I'm honestly not sure if he's ever not played a scumbag ever. I don't know. Like he has like resting scumbag face. He like, really it's very does. Believable. Like I'm sh- maybe he's lovely, uh, but he he's definitely good at that. Oh my god! Like, like what like if it. what if he's just like amazing with children? Yeah, like, like he, <laughs> might, he he probably is. Like I feel like sometimes those are the guys that are. You yeah. know, like. Yeah, I I always felt like Michael Shannon, who has a face that people are always talking shit about. I always felt like he is probably just like the sweetest man. He seems like a sweetie to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have like a reverse like halo effect sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Where I'm like, oh, people think that you're weird looking. You're probably like really great. Yeah, probably. That's what I think. Um, So... He's just like drinking wine and like putting on all the products. And then he... And oh my god, when he like waxes his leg, he's like talking shit. He's just like, oh man, this is so easy. And then when he pulls it off and it's just like so painful, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh yeah, that's my that's also part of why I like this scene. Oh my god. Is I'm a sucker for scenes where like very straight cis males um are forced to perform femininity and they realize how much work it is. I love that shit. Oh yes, I love it so much. It's there's like a feeling of schadenfreude. There's also a weird feeling of solidarity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely, when the, when the wax came off his leg, I was like, yes, take that Mike. Oh <laughs> my, my God. I, <laughs> I was like, take that Mel Gibson. Like, um, <laughs> I love how you called him Mike. Like, like, <laughs> like there's, like there's someone that you really like, wanted to hear <laughs> You know, it's funny. Statistically, I feel like there should be a Mike I'm mad at, but there's yeah. not. 
Um, well, actually, there, you know what? I will think of one later. There I'm is sure. a mic that I hate, but I haven't seen him in years. Actually, no, there's totally a mic that I had to block on Facebook. So, Oh, yeah. Oh. He goes by Michael usually. Oh, yeah. I think I know which mic you might be talking about. Um, But, yeah. So, essentially, he... He fills a bath, which I was unclear as to what the bath was there for. Like I, like I looked away, and all of a sudden there was a full bath. Like I feel like I missed it. Um, he, oh yeah, it, oh yeah, it oh well, very has, quickly. He has okay, so it's the bath beads because what he slips on are are the bath beads that he's gonna put in the bath. He slips on those. He falls into the bathtub. The hair dryer. Um, the hairdryer, which I guess the cord, the cord got hit, and then the hairdryer falls into the tub too, and he gets electrocuted. And then when he wakes up, he can hear, he can his, hear what women want. He yeah, can hear what they he, think. Which, of course, at first he doesn't realize that's what's happened because, yeah, he you know. he he can hear his housekeeper's thoughts, and he just thinks that she's just like talking shit and, and doesn't keeps, think that he can hear. He keeps being like, "Oh, well, aren't you in a mood this morning?" Because she's thinking, you know, very reasonable stuff like, "Oh, this guy's an asshole, and I had to get here to clean up after him," and and she's just like, "I didn't say anything." And then he like goes out, and he can hear all these thoughts, and he's starting to kind of gather it, but he's still just like, "What is going on?" Um, and he ends up uh trying to tell his friend. Um, who, of course, is just like, dude, you sound crazy. And then he ends up going to um, a counselor. I think that's all happens in a day. It's one of those uh, it, days. A lot of it like, happens where, in the day. Yeah, but, where he's just like. But, but, but before he does that, I have to talk about what they made Loretta Devine do in this movie. Okay, so he finds out that his the his doorwoman played by the wonderful, the luminescent, the goddess, Loretta Devine. Oh, God, yes, that he, moment. He finds out that she basically thinks that he's hot and thinks that he has, like, a nice, tight ass. And then when he walks away, he can hear her thoughts, and her thoughts are, and I quote, with your fine ass looking like Shaft, I could just ride that. Yeah, it's horrible. It's I I was like, couldn't she sue? Like, <laughs> Shaft? Couldn't she, like, like, I, Shaft? I, I like paused. I was just like, what? Shaft? I was, like, I was like, Loretta, did you, did you, like, really need, like, a paycheck that time? Like, I was just like, is it Loretta. Was so bad. Was like, they were just, like, did you know she's black? We don't know what anyone who's black ever talks like, so we're going to write this ridiculous thing and make her scream at him. Shaft. I, I just. I, I just, like, it was a moment where I was like. My brain short-circuited at it, Shaft. And it hurt, like, triple because she has to say this to Mel Gibson, which, again, this was made before many of us knew his nature. Um but nonetheless. Yeah, in 2000, Loretta Devine, uh, <laughs> Loretta Devine did, did like not a lot of good movies, um, including she did, she did Urban Legends 2 also this year. So maybe it just wasn't a good year for Sometimes Loretta. Sometimes you just got to take the work and then you do it and you're like, well, moving on. Loretta Devine was in Urban Legends and Urban Legends 2. And then wow. we don't get to see her the rest of the movie. She's just gone. That's she it. Just, they, like after that, so they're like, terrible. all right, you may now leave the sets. And so he's just like walking around, like hearing women talking, like women are like saying like crazy shit, like talking about like estrogen and like ca like cataloging their calories like as they're walking 
and and just like stuff. And then, oh my God, Judy Greer says the craziest thing of all, where oh she's yeah, like, her you, character, you nearly killed me. Too bad you missed. And yeah, and there's this ongoing <sighs> like she's suicidal, and I was just like, that's too big of a thing for this movie to tackle. Yeah, because I this was, movie like almost uses it as a punchline at first, but then they also try to be sensitive to it, and I'm just like, this plot device is like not no, just don't do this. Yeah, I feel like since these same writers also were responsible for 13 going on 30, they were just like, oh yeah, in 2000 we gave you a really shitty role. Let's let's make you the bad guy in 13 going on 30. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> Did we help in any kind of way? <laughs> Yeah, Judy Greer, I mean, much has been said about the way that Judy Greer has been underused through the years. So there's really nothing that we can say that hasn't already been said. But she is one of the most underused comedic actresses ever. She is, yeah. And she's and in everything. And she's somehow underused so, in everything. That's so angering because yes. it's like she's that close to actually right. getting to shine in the way that she in the way that she does and it almost never can. happens and yeah. it's just so annoying you know she's in she's in the first she's in jurassic world and she's in the first ant-man movie isn't that nuts Can, do yeah. people even remember that she's just <laughs> no i mean I, like again because like they it's like she's not allowed to just do her thing or or oh we're gonna have you on screen a very limited amount. I of want time. her to get one of those like you know white lady middle aged white lady shows where they're just like drinking wine and just like fucking younger men and oh, just yeah. like saying shit and fuck a lot and like like doing coke. Like I want her to get one of the. She deserves one of those. Yeah, she does. She needs her like. <laughs> she does. She needs her. Uh, like, 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 give her, like, even like, give her, okay. even give her like a nurse Jackie. I'll fucking watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, let her be a lead. Please. Or Please. even just like a, a co-lead. Yes. <laughs> like, give some, her something, something to do. Yeah. I want to see her, like, I want, I, that's what I, I want to see Judy Greer reach orgasm on screen. That's what I want. Yes, definitely. I feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a, mo a, a movie or a show where Judy Greer fucks. Yes. yes. I want to see her fuck. Yeah. Like if Thomas Jane got a whole show about like how big his dick was, it's really the least that we could do. Cause who gives a fuck? We about need to Thomas get this Jane. hashtag trending. Right <laughs> Judy, <laughs> show us the. It's gonna be a really clunky hashtag. Show us Judy Greer fucking. It'll it'll get. <laughs> we'll get like banned off Twitter. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so um, Mel Gibson comes home, and he runs into his daughter with that terrible boy, and uh, like basically catches them almost having sex, and it's just like so mortifying, it's extra awkward, of course, because you can hear her thoughts. And then he's like, oh no, my dad's here. And then he tries to get um, struck by lightning again. And it just made me think, can he die? Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. That was my other die? thought. I was like, is he also like immortal? Like, why is this happening? Yeah, to us? why like, is why he still alive? Why way? are we being. Okay. So he, so he goes to see Bette Midler in an uncredited role where Bette Midler first like doesn't believe him that he can hear women's thoughts and then when she does finally believe him she's just like 
oh my god she like gets a cigarette out and she's like this is amazing which i was like like, yeah i mean i would i would think that if i was you like no one man could have all this power like she it's so like kanye needed to be queued up it was it was so weird too because like she was so excited that he could read women's thoughts and like didn't seem to think about how dangerous that could be like she oh yeah like (laughs) it, it, it felt like she had a vicarious crave for craving for power and so she was just so excited that he could use and even manipulate this ability like because she wanted to like she was just like wow you're gonna have this thing that i think would be really cool and of course up until then he just had anxiety um and didn't like it but then once she said that he was you know she's like and i love you're gonna understand all of these people like that's you that's amazing and then he it's like he has this light bulb where he's like oh yeah i guess so yeah and it's just like i love how it just like he needed a woman to like it's like the woman made it made it okay for him to just like like exploit this and oh my god i took us i took a screen grab let me read it um where he's she's just like looking at him so excited and so crazed if men are from mars and women are from venus then you speak then you speak venetian (laughs) yeah that moment i was like oh my god and it's so weird because i mean i hate to be logical here with my logic hat but she's wearing a logic hat all women know what they want already so why does this matter why not get excited about men being more interested in women in general why is a man hearing a woman's thoughts important when they could just listen to women when they talk right or actually like listen when they talk or ask yeah this is like literally mel gibson is forced to listen to women yeah he's forced to do a thing that he could not do on his own the conceit of this movie is that a, a misogynist of his level has to be actually forced by lightning to listen to women (laughs) (laughs) like like forced and then after that he has to be told by a woman that this is actually something he should key into that's how much men hate listening to women hashtag not all men hashtag mel gibson whatever like but like that's what this movie is saying and i mean obviously it is it's saying him it's not saying all men it's saying you know misogynist of that caliber but I, I just found that super amusing, um, but also like super amusing, but also frustrating because it's actually true. Yeah. Like it, it's so wild. that This is what he needs. And, 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 he has a, and he get and he finds out like, you know, that he can harness it with a woman. That's just like, you can rule, like calm down, like, please. Right. <laughs> and and like so of course now you know he's 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 still upset that helen hunt has his job so now he's like oh i can use this power to basically sabotage her and get her fired and then i'll get promoted um so again it's not like this ability is creating empathy yet um it's just like another tool for him to be a scumbag right yeah like the only real like Thing. Yeah, I mean, it may, it tinges like everything that he does and makes it seem sinister. Like even when he's like, when he reads his daughter's thoughts and his and her friend's thoughts, and it's just like, oh, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna get your prom dress and I'm gonna let you get anything that you want. It's just like you're trying to buy your daughter's love. Yeah, That's it, what you're it, doing. It, it all feels like manipulation, and yeah. So I mean, he he like basically 
<laughs> he um he keeps meeting up with Helen Hunt for pitch meetings. And what he does is he listens to what her thoughts are for pitches and then he steals them so that she thinks he's really great. So like she'll think something and then he'll be like, Oh, I was thinking this. And she'll be like, Whoa, I I was just thinking that. And so she, you know, he starts to slowly win her over because she, she has heard about him. She knows he's a misogynist and, and she's also smart enough to know that he probably wanted her jobs. But when they start, um, when he starts communicating with her on this level, she's like, oh, maybe maybe people are wrong about you. Like, you have some good ideas. Yeah, it's so... Un- yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... Like, naturally, of course, he 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 uh, passes off some of her pitches as his own successfully to it the bosses. It makes me so And again, this angry. the reason it made me angry is because this actually happens in the workplace. And I, I know that that was the point of the movie too. Like, I don't, I don't think that the writers... Yeah, like, and, I, and I realize that they're, they're actually... Like, there's smart criticism in this movie. There is. Um, but I realize that, like, I... Watching these movies every week really makes me find out what makes me angry. And I realize that something that makes me really, really angry is men fucking up a woman's money. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I yeah. just, I wanted him to destroy. How dare you take money from this woman's pocket? And like later on, we figure out that she basically left her job because she was working with her husband and her husband was upset that she was more successful than him. And so when they broke up, she was just like, I need to work somewhere else. I need to, I need to not work around my husband anymore. And it's just like, this is a woman who is trying to rebuild her life and you are taking money out of her pocket. I wanted to destroy him. Yeah. And it's (laughs) not even about the money for him. It's obviously about the ego. And so, cause he doesn't need any money. He doesn't need the promotion. He just wanted the promotion. He didn't need it. It's not important to him. And like naturally, because he can hear what she's thinking, he's able to pretend to be a nice guy to her and and like figure out the the right things to say so of course she starts to get feelings for him because she's she's vulnerable like it's so yeah every time that he like especially i was thinking about it with that and i was also thinking about it with um with marissa tomei where it's just like he just manipulates a person who did not want to go out with him into going out with him. And then when they fuck, oh my God, when he has sex with Marissa Tomei, it's so it's so upsetting on so many levels. It's upsetting because she's got her shirt on the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how can the sex be that good if your shirt's on? Like, that's not... Um, yeah, you're going to rip that shit off eventually, right? Um, Unless that's, like, your thing. Yeah, that was upsetting. But, well, but the most upsetting thing about it was that, like, he was good at sex... Because he was reading her mind through the entire thing? That's creepy. It, as hell. it was so creepy. Because again, that's so something creepy. you can just ask, like, hey, what do you like? Does that feel good? Etc. And like, <sighs> and of course, so Marissa Tomei like gets like an amazing orgasm and she's like, Wow, you know, you're amazing. And she gets all those endorphins that come with that and then of course he ghosts her because he's too busy trying to fuck up helen hunt's life and helen hunt starts getting feelings and then of course it's oh god i can't he just like ignores marissa tomei which is like and that's after like manipulating her into 
into being okay with dating him in the first place. And it's not even that he liked her that much. It's just like, because he could. And he, when she shows up like later in the movie and it's just like, you didn't call me for six days. I wanted to destroy him. Yeah. But, and she's like, you six stopped drinking days. coffee because he, he would he go there every going day. He stopped going to the coffee shop. Like, of Fuck course him. she's going to be crawling out of her skin. That's completely normal. Yes. And this is before texting. What the fuck was she supposed to do? Yeah. And he's, and so, I mean, he, and and that's like after he had a night where he was um, working basically with Helen. So, I mean, he, he eventually starts to get feelings for Helen, um, but he, he still doesn't do the right thing. Like he, he like kind of has feelings for her cause he starts to see like her nuance and everything. Um, and they end up hooking up, but he's still moving forward and like, working closely with her and like kind of using her like even when they do have moments like that's there so eventually there's this big pitch meeting and it's totally her pitch but they've been working together and she's like no you present it it's your pitch because she doesn't realize that he's been stealing her thoughts and he's like no and you can tell he feels kind of bad because he's like because he is catching feelings for her but he's still a total asshole and he hasn't told her the truth because it would sound crazy. And he's like, oh, no, you. And she's like, no, do it. So then he does the pitch. It kills. And then the next day, his boss is like, you know, I should have given you that job. And he, he and he's like, oh, no, she's been amazing. And, and he's like, no, I, I fired her. Um, Alan Alda says this. And, um, of course, Mel Gibson's like, no, no. He's like, he basically is like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. She, she just left. And he's like, no. And, and Alan Alda's like, yeah, she didn't put up a fight. And you know, at this point, Mel Gibson knows all this stuff about like Helen Hunt's ex-husband. Like they've slept together. And, and he's like, no, these were her ideas. I swear, like, et cetera, et cetera. And he doesn't tell about the mind reading, but he, he all, he's basically like, I stole her ideas. That's basically what he says. Yeah. And then, and then there's this whole like goose chase to go like, find her and tell her that he's getting her her job back but before that he finds out that judy greer didn't come to work so he he's worried that she's going to kill herself so he basically like postpones going to see helen hunt to i guess save judy greer from killing herself but i'm unclear as to how he was going to do that because he does not know her yeah, basically he just figured he could show up and tell her like that he cares that she's alive. But he had found out that he asked um the two women um the one who's the ones whose thoughts he could not uh read. He had yeah. asked them about Judy Greer like once he realized she wasn't at work, right right before this is such a messy day <laughs> uh like of his life. Like right before he's going to Helen Hunt's to tell her to get her job back, he realizes Judy Greer is not there. And then he asks his assistants, he's like, Do you know anything about her? And they're like, Yeah, she wanted to be a copywriter, but you wouldn't even meet with her. Um and then he's mm-hmm. like thinking and he's like, Oh, she's gonna kill herself, so I should go offer her a copywriting job. Um, which is like a hilarious <sighs> statement on like capitalism and depression and we don't even have time to go into that but so um, much it's so much so he doing the absolute most is like running around in the rain and he like has judy greer's address which feels messed up and he like 
appears in her room and like he goes in her room. I don't know how he gets inside. He, and there's like oh a suicide God, note, man. but she's still like she has not died, of course. And he and she's like, what are you doing here? And it's raining and he's like covered in rain. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you didn't hurt yourself. And she's like, why would you think I would do that? And he's like, I sensed it. And then they have this super weird scene where he offers her a copywriting job. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like touching. It's supposed, it's supposed to, like to be like save her life. Yeah, it's supposed to be like Mel Gibson's come to Jesus moment, like in this movie, where we realize his character finally has empathy and realizes he can use his power for good. But it's like super has no boundaries and doesn't really make sense and is like tackling suicide in a really irresponsible way. Um because jobs. Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Look, so many things in life would be easier if you had more money, but it's not going to save your life in that way. Not all the time. No. It doesn't I, change. I feel, like that's, I feel like that's a fair way to say it. Like, I don't know how to, like, I don't want to be, like... Like, obviously, like, the thing is, is that, like, I wouldn't want to be presumptuous. Like, like, even when I, when I think about stuff like this, I think about, like, how I write. And it was, and I think about, like, how I would never presume to write something like that. It's just, yeah. it would never occur to me to, to do that. I don't even know how to comment on that. Like, I don't think that people know how fucking weird it is to write about suicide that way. And just, like, <laughs> and the idea that, like... It's fucking she had weird. to be on that brink for him to notice her and offer her a job. And and that's and again, this is like a tiny fraction of the movie, but they put it in there. And then after he like has offered her this job, he goes to the next place. He goes to Helen Hunt. And I'm like, what is happening? Um, yeah. And Helen Hunt's in this new house because she just bought a house, which he knew about. And this and it's gorgeous and she looks she has like this awesome light blue outfit on. And he goes in and he's like. She's like, he's like, hey, like, you know, Helen, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, she mentioned something about, she, she's like, oh, I'm not sad. It's fine. Like, I am going to have to, I'm saying goodbye to this house because I'm going to have to sell it because I don't have a job anymore. And oh he's like, God. no, you do. I got it back for you. And then oh he tells her the truth that he's been like using her. And like, <laughs> oh my God. And of course she's upset. But then like he it's it's like the classic rom-com move where he's like well first it was shenanigans but now i know who you are i love you and they fucking dance i just and the moonlight shines through the window i hate this you know what what really drives me crazy is that at the end of the movie i wasn't interested in whether or not they were together in the end. I was ma I wanted to make sure that when she was it walked into work the next day, she had her job and Alan Alda was ready to apologize. That is how I wanted the movie to end. Fuck him. Like I'm glad that before they kissed, she fired him, which is like yeah. great. Such a good move. Like and like the least but like and if I were to write the ending of this movie, she gets her job. She fires him. She gets her job back. They have whatever their moonlight dance, whatever. She fucks him. She gets that dick. And then she's done with him. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, and she's just like, good riddance. Well, got that guy out of the way. And then she yeah. just goes in and kills it. And like, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, this movie, it's again, like it's fun and it was a very successful movie. And 
it's well done, but the plot, like, I don't know what I want from the plot. There's like, I want Judy Greer's character to be cut out. Um, I, uh, yeah, or or like I want Judy Greer to be there, but I don't want her this whole like suicide I, this whole, thing in this there. This whole suicide thing is really weird. Yeah, it's. I don't know if there's a. Oh, we should probably say there's going to be a remake of this movie. Um, I mean, I mean, going. I mean, there's one in development. I mean, in 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 all stages of development, anything could anything could happen. Anything could go wrong. It could get canceled. There was supposed to be a How I Met Your Mother spinoff called How I Met Your Dad that was supposed to happen. How a long I Met time. Your Daddy. That was supposed to start Greta Gerwig. That ended up never happening. Um, which yeah, is, I mean, shit. good. I mean, she directed Lady Bird, and I think that's a better... That's tra- much better that's contribution. A better, that's a better career trajectory for her. Um, but yeah, there's there's going to be... A, there's supposedly going to be a movie called What Men Want that's going to be starring Taraji P. Henson. And um, the thing about What Men Want is that I don't care... Actually, yeah, AJ and I were talking about it. He was like, oh, man. He's like, he actually said this. He was like, you and Jordan should write what men want and just roast men the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's just like, the thing is, is that like what men want. Like I already know what they want because I have to listen to them. (laughs) Yeah, it's like what they want is, what they want is just stupid um like okay what's what's the plot in in imdb it's a woman is boxed out by the male sports agents in her profession but gains an unexpected edge over them when she develops the ability to hear their thoughts okay so she's trying to get (laughs) into in sports it's about it's about i mean i'm gonna see it because i like taraji and i want to support her Maybe we should see it together. We should. I mean, okay. So I'm looking here. Um, it's got Max Greenfield from New Girl in it. I, um, I, he's a great. I feel like I'm going to have to see it. Now. I was just thinking about how he's underused the other day. Actually, oh my, yes, like I as agree. a comedic actor, yeah, he's so funny. Because like I, my introduction to him was when in Veronica Mars, and I was like, he didn't really get to be funny at all in Veronica Mars. Yeah, and he's, I, in my opinion, he's the funniest in New Girl. He is. He's yes, he's incredibly funny. Um, yeah, I mean, what men want is happening, whether we want it to or not. So I mean, wow, we that s- sentence sums up all of history um <laughs> and it is of course directed by a man uh adam I mean, adam shankman maybe he'll use the opportunity to shine a light on some of the nuanced things that men want maybe it'll be about male emotional intelligence you never know it could do you i i is, hope that it's not that just about you? men having boners and that it's like okay. oh this man wants to um, get in touch with his feminine side, but I have well, a feeling that it's not going to. Be well, it's that. from the director of The Wedding Planner, A Walk to Remember, Bringing Down the House, All right, yeah. The Pacifier, Cheaper by the Dozen, Two. Okay, my moment of hope has died. <laughs> it is now dead. It is now dead. I am very interested to see how this turns out. His la- the last film that he directed was Rock of Ages. So I would love to see if he can come back from Rock of Ages. And I mean, I won't be surprised if this movie. Well, you know what? I'll just wait. I'll just see it. We'll just see. We'll just I see guess. It. I guess we're gonna see it. And I mean, things to watch. This is what movie passes for. Yeah, and I mean things to watch that are not this movie. Um, 
Helen Hunt. Just just go appreciate Helen Hunt somewhere. Yeah, seriously. Just go. Like I would say, watch as good as it gets, which is the film that she got um, an Oscar for. But I honestly can't say if as good as it gets is still good. Because I mean, when I thought that as good as it gets was a really good movie, was also when I thought that Pay It Forward was a really good movie, which also has Helen Hunt. And I realized that maybe I just liked Helen Hunt, and you can't really trust who I was then. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say I would say just search <laughs> Helen Hunt and just look at the movie that's not what women want that that you like the most or that you resonate with the most. And you know, I, I've never watched I've never watched Mad About You, but I, I you know I've heard it was pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, just you don't have to watch what women want. I'm guessing you probably have already. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a TBS. It was a TBS. It, it for was a long time. it was there. Um, this yeah. is definitely just like my, like third my best time friend's wedding. It. Like they yeah. would both come on all the time. Yeah, but you know, love yourself. Please love yourself. Um, don't wait for a copywriting job to love yourself. You Please. know. Yeah, I mean, but Gosh. also, but also, also therapy very important. Yeah, like I was like, why is this? Therapy, especially if Bette Midler is your therapist. I mean, as long as... Okay, so what if her copywriting job gets her um, the medical... Like, uh, like a medical package that allows her to get a therapist? Well, that was... that I did think about that. I was yeah. like, she might... Yeah. So maybe that's what's going on. Because, yeah. I mean, right now, maybe, like, the job that she has isn't really giving her the medical coverage that she needs. And I, I just... Probably not, because yeah. she seems like she's part-time. Right. It does seem that way. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we're so practical. Right? I know we are. We're like we have to. On, like, we have to like health. put a cap on this. Like, like we're like we're like we need to make sure we put the cap on right on this mental health uh, side. Yes. Yes. Um, um. So yeah, just like watch something with Helen Hunt. Please and do support her. And please do. Uh, hydrate and and see a therapist. See if, a therapist if you can. If you can. There's apply for Medicaid if you need to. Um, um, this is this podcast is not sponsored by Talkspace, but it exists. Um. <laughs> I I appreciate you guys. Follow follow Bad Romance podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. Tweet, tweet us, email us. Yeah. Um, you can follow our individual accounts as well. Yeah. You can um support Jordan's Patreon. Um oh, I love if how you, you say Patreon. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um I know it's Patreon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not making fun of you. No, I really do think that it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, please do. You and know, please love us and we love yeah. you back. And if you want us to do a movie, please tell us and and um I also should say that like some of the earlier episodes have like some like sound issues. Just know that it gets better and you can also skip. Um and, and <laughs> we're so much better now <laughs> with the sound. We're better. We're like wine, you know? We're, um we get better from episode to episode. We get better and if you keep if you stick with us, you'll get drunk eventually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm Broadwood Isaac. <laughs> I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, yeah, let's go this truck. Uh, yeah, let's go this truck. Baby,